Welcome to The Money Movement, a show where we explore the issues and ideas uh, shaping this brave new world of digital currency and blockchains. Uh, today, we're going to be exploring the world of stablecoins and international payments. How can uh, people, individuals, and businesses use this powerful technology, these digital dollars or crypto dollars, as some folks like to, to say these days, to move value around internationally. It's one of the really critical and important building blocks of public blockchains is that you have the reach of the internet. And so we're really excited to be able to talk about that today. I think obviously when a lot of people think about stable coins, the, the, the sort of root use case or sort of where these emerge was in trading and markets. It was, uh, you know, traders and people moving around value at high speed uh, across the internet, across these digital trading venues. Um, and of course, the traders that started and drove the early adoption of this really saw the power of this as an international payment medium. They could settle a transaction with a counterparty anywhere in the world with very little risk, with, with very low cost. And uh, I think very quickly saw that um, this form of, of moving value and making payments was you know, far superior to the existing infrastructure that they had to move value around, like the existing uh, legacy financial system. And, and secondly, you know, when we think about USDC in particular and Center Consortium and, and what we really tried to put forward when we established that two years ago, the vision behind that wasn't how do we you know, create a, a better digital dollar for trading markets. The vision was how do we create a protocol and an infrastructure that's going to allow for interoperable payments everywhere and that payments would have the same reach and utility as we have with sharing content and data and communications uh, on the internet. And that was that core vision. So while things like USDC and Tether and other stablecoins have really taken hold in the world of training, the uses are really evolving. And we're seeing those uses evolve very fast over the past uh, you know, six, nine, 12 months into this world of international payments. Um, and it is, in fact, one of the largest and fastest growing opportunities in this uh, digital currency world. And so today, I'm really excited to have several guests who are going to be joining us. These are key leaders of firms uh, that work in markets across Asia and Latin America and who are really firsthand uh, both participating in and seeing these shifts happen. Uh, and so I'm very excited to have these guests. And uh, to kick this off, I'd like to welcome our first guest, Daria Sitt, the co-founder and managing partner at QCP Capital. Uh, it's so nice to see you, Darius. Hi, Jeremy. Good to see you. Good to see you. Always good to speak to you. Yeah. How's it going? It's going really well. I uh, appreciate your uh, joining us uh, very late in Singapore. Um, so thank you very much, of course. Uh, for, for no problem. No problem. Us. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe we can just start. Um, I want to talk a, a little bit about QCP. Obviously, you've been, um, you know, in this business of using stablecoins for quite some time, active in the trading markets. Um, and increasingly, you know, you, you do much of your business in stablecoins. Maybe just tell us a little bit about that and, and why that's become such a central part of, of, of your firm and, and how you guys operate. So to start, you know, QCP, you know, just a couple of lines, you know, we, we are a trading firm. Uh, we focus a lot on uh, spot flow in, in local markets in Asia. 
uh, global as well, but you know, we do a big focus on Southeast Asia, uh, China and Korea as well. Uh, we do a lot of derivatives as, as well. So, you know, uh, stablecoins are a very, very big part of our business because of uh, the way uh, things are moving in terms of um, settlements in, in, in Asia, as well as the use of, of stablecoins for trading and derivatives. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, you know, I, I, I think, you know, three years ago, I think it, we, we realized that it was going to be a very, very big and scalable uh, operation to go into stablecoins. Uh, the trigger for us was really China because even three, four years ago, China, we, we already had a, had a chat with the PBOC and we knew their intentions to launch a digital currency, not just for trading or not just for crypto-specific uh, uh, purposes, but really for to replace their fiat currency, uh, that, that you know digital currency was going to be the way of doing it. And if you go to China, uh, you will see that that the adoption is already there because uh, no one uses cash. Everyone is paying, doing payments with with uh, with uh, you know a digital digital uh, in in digital forms. If you go to a Starbucks there and you take out a, a note to pay, everyone looks at you and wonders which village you're from. So you know we, when we saw this, we we realized that the rest of the world was one step behind. Yeah. And and we knew that the stable coins were going to be something you know even though at that point it was very specific to crypto natives and very specific, very very small. Yeah. Uh, um, section of, of just trading right like you know usdt being used for leverage trades and whatnot we, we knew that it was going to be a tectonic shift at some point yeah and and fast forward to today you know uh in china uh, the government is paying their civil servants in, in digital currency so uh, you know it, it's, it's huge yeah i think uh, i i i remember we met i don't know how long ago it was and and i was really struck by um part of what you were sharing which was that you know, you had started using stable coins as a way to settle between, you know, sort of trading counterparties and that you were seeing a real shift. And that shift was that the people who wanted to use stable coins wanted to actually use it as like a settlement medium for for commerce. And um, it wasn't just about how to use this as a speculative uh, you know, trading tool for, you know, say tra trading digital assets, but it was actually people wanted access to and use stable coins so that they could actually settle commerce transactions between, you know, buyers and sellers, suppliers and, and customers. Um, talk a little bit about that shift. When did you start seeing that shift start happening? And, and you know, in, in, in sort of which markets have, have you really seen that uh, growing? So the thing is, you know, when most people, when we tell most people that we are a crypto trading firm, they assume that all our customers are crypto natives. Or guys who are very familiar with with with, uh, with blockchain and crypto, uh, guys who are in the space, but in Asia, that's that's actually not true. The biggest users of of stable coins are guys who are not crypto natives. These are guys who who don't own Bitcoin, who don't mm -hmm. own Ethereum, but they they move and they they do settlements in 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 stable coin, USDT, USDC, uh, and the reason for this is because you know the context of Asia is that in Asia, unlike Europe or 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 America, it's a very fragmented. Uh, economic uh, uh, region. So each country has its own idiosyncratic um, uh, economic policies, banking policies. Uh, there are a lot of capital controls and it becomes very tricky to, to move money around. So, you know, not, 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 not just purely, uh, for example, just for business transactions or yeah. settlement hedging. It's very tricky. So this started almost organically. I think it would, it would I would say some, somewhere early 2019. Yeah. We realized that, that non-crypto natives, business people, corporates were using this as a, as a way to bypass or rather um, not, have, not have to go through the banks. 
Yeah. Uh, not to go to the remittance houses, yeah. Right. This idea, I, I use this concept of over-the-top money. And in, in, in digital media, there used to be like you had to get your, your TV through like broadcast or satellite or cable. And then people went over the top. They went over the top of the internet and you could just get to the video on the internet. And and like this is over-the-top money, basically. So and and it's dollars too, which of course, like if you have all these mixed economies and you know, at the end of the day, they everyone feels confident in settling a transaction in dollars. So you get the you know, you sort of get the the power of the internet, <laughs> the speed of the internet, uh, the convenience of the internet, and you get dollars, and it and it yeah, it sort of goes over the top and and opens up uh, for economic relationships a, a lot of possibilities throughout, I guess, China and Southeast Asia. Exactly that, exactly that. So you know, uh, instead of uh, taking a day to settle with the bank and, and having to go to the bank and you know do a TT where you have fees where you have expensive FX spreads, uh, they do it instantly. It's just over WhatsApp, over Telegram, WeChat, boom, done. Right. Uh, instant settlement, very low fees, um, and it, it's moving really quickly. Yeah. So how, how um, you, you said it's sort of you started to see this shift to like businesses and, you know, sort of everyday business people who are saying, hey, this is actually just a better way to do business. Starting in early 2019, obviously, we've seen... Um, in the post-COVID world, this dramatic increase in you know circulation of stable coins uh, and and on-chain transactions have been growing super fast. It's now like definitely the killer app of of blockchains. Um, but like, are, are you seeing that uh, as well? Just like m more and more diverse kind of counterparties that are are looking to to adopt this now. Exactly. So so you know we so I mean crypto natives of course the traders as usual. Yeah. But we started to see guys like furniture distributors, alcohol distributors, uh, guys on the street who are just, you know, buying and selling, uh, you know, wholesale clothing, e-commerce guys. Amazing. It made, sense, it, made completely sense, it made complete sense for them to, 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 to do it. Uh, so, you know, to, to do it this way. So, they, they, local currency, no problem. They can use the internal banking system. Anything dollars, it's stable coin. And yeah. then we started to see this, this happening in huge sizes as well. So, it's become very corporate, in fact. Yeah. So this is a this is I think a major shift that people have been sort of looking for, waiting for, which is all of a sudden you've got corporates from small to to medium to even some large who are just like this is just a better way to settle and a better way to move value, and they're just adopting it organically. Um, they're figuring it out. Um, obviously, it's benefiting firms like you that are kind of you know key liquidity enablers, um, uh, in, you know, in the entire region, um, and. Uh, that's, that's obviously very, very exciting. So if you had to fast forward, you know, two years, I don't want to say five years, let's just say two years, three years, is this, is this going to be, you know, 10x what it is today? Uh, wh wh where do you see, uh, where do you see the volumes? Where do you see the adoption? I think the sky's the limit. The, the fact is this, China has already launched it. China, the big banks in China, the Chinese banks have built infrastructure for it. So while everyone was uh, was thinking that uh, you know this is blockchain technology, everyone's gonna take some time to build infrastructure. No, China has the the the, the big banks that have already adopted it, built infrastructure. They're paying civil servants in the digital currency, and I think you know uh, it's a fact that when when China adopts something, the rest of Asia will follow very quickly. Yeah. So we we're getting we're getting requests and engagement from the rest of the Southeast Asian central banks, uh, to start looking into this. Um, I think yeah. Again, like I said. People don't people don't realize that they are two steps behind, yeah. uh, and I think the adoption will happen very very quickly because uh, it's already a reality in China. I think uh, most people don't know how real the, uh, the adoption is there right there. Seems like a, a real tipping point moment.
I, I think so, yes. Yeah, awesome. Darius, so wonderful to have you on the program, share your perspective from Thank me. Really exciting what's happening and look forward to seeing you uh, very, very soon. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. So obviously, a um, lot of very interesting things happening here. The demand for dollars, the demand for high speed, uh, you know, efficient, secure transactions, the speed and utility of the internet. These are all really powerful forces that are driving uh, stablecoin payments internationally. And, and just to echo what we're hearing, like this isn't just traders. This is now corporations of all types, even small merchants that are figuring out this is just a, a better way to do business. Um, so, you know, very, very exciting. Um, I want to turn now to another part of the world, to Latin America, and welcome our first of two guests from the region. Uh, the first, uh, Fabricio Tora, is director at Mercado Bitcoin, the leading digital currency exchange in Brazil. Welcome, Fabricio. Hi, Jeremy. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Excellent. So. Um, I know you guys, uh, you recently launched uh, USDC, uh, you recently uh, on, your, on your market and recently launched that um, in the Brazilian market. Maybe you could just start, just talk a little bit about um, how you have viewed uh, stable coins and their importance and the importance of that in particular for a market like Brazil. Yes, uh, well, uh, actually we listed um, USDC, the USDC Brazilian high pair um here and uh, uh we we have a different pitch a different different objectives on different goals on listing uh a stable coin here uh the process of selecting was very was something very important uh for us to to have a a, a really uh, strong stable coin uh from people uh, very aligned with our values, our, our mission, our vision of the ecosystem. So that's why we have to choose uh, USDC. Uh, and uh, differently from the, what uh, could be the, the most obvious idea of money flow uh, using stablecoin for settlement. So one here, what we thought is a little bit different. Uh, we, we listed a stablecoin uh, given the, our customers, almost 2 million customers, an option for getting exposition in US dollars. Um, it's not quite, it's possible, completely possible uh, to get exposed, but not as easy as other parts of the world. For example, you can't have a bank account in US dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to settle things here in Brazil, in Brazilian reais. Uh, you can't use US dollars for, for business in general. So even getting exposed, just to protect yourself, okay, yeah. uh, uh, maybe uh, Brazilian guys can devaluate, and that really happened this year. Uh, we have a sort of stable economy, but not that stable. So to protect yourself from a, a, a devaluation from our currency, that was our, our pitch, and that works. Yeah, so this, this is sort of this, the you know the demand for dollars but in particular these are you know digital dollars that you know you can use you know on the internet you can use them uh in your own digital wallets and so for a business uh or an individual of course too but um 
that's an attractive way to you know move and store value, obviously. Uh, but of course, right, it has this it has this uh, uh, you know ability as a settlement medium, right? People who have it understand intuitively that oh, this is an internet digital dollar. I can I can now use this uh, with counterparties. I can use it um, in trade and payments and settlement. Um, maybe maybe talk a little bit about um, you know what this really opens up. Um, does you know using uh, you know USDC uh, and this this conversion in with Brazilian real uh, this in some ways it, it creates kind of a powerful corridor for international payments between Brazil and the rest of the world using stable coins. Um, what are your expectations around that? Do you, do you see that international payments kind of digital currency native international payments that kind of come in and out using stable coins as like a killer app that's going to be driving usage? Yes, there's this possibility, uh, but uh, regulation is very tough here about sending money, the, the remittance business. So sending money abroad uh, is not that easy. Uh, so you theoretically, you, you must um, go to a financial institution, a regulated, uh, the central bank, they, they have control of all the remittance in and outlooks uh, of money. So even though uh, you can do it uh, and it's completely legal to buy, to sell, to have, to, to own stable coins uh, or any other crypto asset, if you use specifically for remittance, uh, then you must go to a financial institution. But uh, I think regulators here, they have a big challenge uh, because they have something that can be used beyond their control. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing they can do about uh, to, to avoid people using it for that. So uh, in my opinion, regulators must uh, sit at the table and talk about trying to understand. And fortunately, Brazilian regulators, they do have a good, uh, good knowledge about uh, the, the crypto ecosystem in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're very aware of that. And uh, right now, the, the Brazilian central bank president is uh, an FX guy. So he was an FX trader. So he knows all the power that stablecoin that they, they, they have uh, as a way of moving money. So I think we are at a good position. Mercado Bitcoin itself, uh, we have good relationship uh, with the central bank and with our SEC. Uh, CVM or SEC here, and uh, I believe in, in in a short period of time, uh, maybe maybe things are going to be more flexible for remittance using stable coins. We have even uh, an opportunity to use a sandbox uh, from the regulator that maybe we can use that for for remittance using stable coins also. Right. So in the traditional model there, you, you, you have, uh, you know, expensive FX fees, you have to go through a traditional bank, mm -hmm. it moves very slow, mm -hmm. it can only go to a traditional bank. But mm -hmm. obviously, with with stable coins, you know, people can, you know, just freely make those payments on, on the internet. And, and like you said, I think regulators everywhere are sort of coming to realize like, th this is a new kind of global capability. And and it's mm -hmm. sort of it's happening organically. People are, are are adopting it, and so they have to figure out how how to adapt. And it sounds like you're right at the cutting edge of that in Brazil. 
Yes, yes. The, the beautiful part at, uh, is that it's possible and uh, it's beyond their control. So yeah. there's nothing they can do about it. They, 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 they must uh, talk, they must understand. Uh, they, they have to, to, to bring people, bring companies together to find a way to do it uh, in a way that's good for, for the companies, good for the economy and good for the country also. I think that, that many, uh, uh, for example, uh, let's say it's about a, a micro remittance, for example, yeah. uh, make things cheaper and, and better for everybody. Yeah. So are you seeing um, within within your customer base sort of demand either from individuals or businesses where they're, they're interested in that benefit of, uh, you know, the, the sort of the global payment capability that comes with with blockchains? Yes, yes, we, we, we do have some uh, some some people using to, to pay things here in, in Brazil. Also, they, they have found the, the power of uh, crypto uh, much easier, much cheaper and better uh, way of moving moving money. Uh, but specifically for, for stablecoin and other assets also, uh, other crypto assets. Yeah. Uh, last year, we, we, we have seen a boom uh, in investments here in Brazil. So with interest rates uh, going down, so people found, okay, I have to find a way to make to make some money with my investments and uh, investing uh, in, in other stuff other than bonds or, or especially public bonds is most traditional way of, of investing here and finding other ways of, of private bonds or stocks and now crypto assets right. uh, and even in stable coins included in this is crypto assets. Uh, I think people are discovering uh, what's possible and what's going on in this in our ecosystem, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 obviously it's very exciting. Uh, it's obviously ch challenging um, existing kind of frameworks that that have applied around the financial system, as we heard earlier with Darius. You know, throughout Southeast Asian markets, I think. You know, very similar situation, but businesses are sort of figuring out this is just a better way to do business, and they're and they're moving into it. And um, and obviously, the you know governments are are having to react, but um, it feels like there's obviously a lot of momentum. Well, we're we're very excited to see uh, to see USDC uh, adopted in Brazil. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a really powerful connection uh, to you know to uh, to a, a really critical market and. Um, We'll be very interested to see how the usage grows for you. And, uh, you know, again, really appreciate you making time and, and joining us on the show today. Thank you, Fabricio. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's a pleasure. And uh, I hope in, in a short period of time, uh, I'm sure the, the usage, people are, are smarter uh, than us, I think. Uh, we, we plan something, we show them uh, a way of using something, but uh, I'm pretty sure they will find other ways, other usages, and, and that's very exciting. Absolutely. Thank you again, and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. So obviously, I think one of the big themes that we hear and, and that we see is that people and businesses in many countries around the world they found it difficult to transact in dollars and to transact in dollars globally, you know, in some markets and with increasing intensity, there's really profound economic and monetary challenges. 
Uh, and these are driving more and more people into digital currency around the world. And uh, we certainly expect that to accelerate. Now, one such market uh, is Argentina, another key Latin American market. And we're very privileged today to welcome uh, Sebastian Serrano, founder and CEO of Ripio, another fast growing Latin American digital currency firm. Uh, welcome, Sebastian. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Uh, nice to talk with you always. Yeah, likewise. Um, well, great. So I know, you know, Ripio uh, is, a, is a very fast growing digital currency firm in Latin America. Uh, you've got support in a number of different countries, uh, but I know one key market that you serve is Argentina. Um, yeah. and I wanted to focus a bit um, first, just a little bit on the dynamics in that market. M maybe talk a little bit about the dynamics of digital currency in, in our Argentina and maybe a little bit of the broader context, uh, you know, for, for our audience. Yeah, so um, maybe we can talk a little bit about our history and, and it has a lot to do with this, with the stable coins and crypto, um, uh, Argentina, especially, we, we have operations in Brazil, Mexico, and many countries, but, but I grew up in the Patagonia, in the south of Argentina. And I have seen the peso uh, collapse three times. And it's like basically once every 10 years. Uh, and the country has gone into many economic struggles, several defaults. Uh, is currently on the bridge of a, of a big default. Uh, this year, has, uh, the peso has dropped more than 50% in, in value. Mm -hmm. and, and we have a very, very, very bad history of, of policy on, on the peso. And it has been very difficult for anyone to, um, to store value. Uh, so when we started the company in 2013, um, it, it was on the mission to give access to cryptocurrency from a very strong need to, uh, for a good form of money uh, to store value and to save uh, and to connect to the world. And we, we live in, especially Argentina, it's a country that half of the population doesn't have access to banking. Um, this is common across, across Latin America. There is a big history of, of saving in US dollar in physical cash and that people literally store under the mattress. Um, and that, uh, so, so we, we, we were born to, to, with this mission of give access into this new digital economy. Uh, we live in 2020 in the uh, era of the internet. Everybody has a cell phone. 90% um, of the population have access to the internet. Uh, and, and there is a big distrust in, in banks and, and really a big opportunity and give access to um, financial services and, and give a financial inclusion. So, so that's, that's what uh, makes the company uh, exist. And, and basically our, our mission has always been around access, access into, into, uh, into all this. And I think stablecoin is a beautiful development um, we, we actually started educating and we have a big role in building the tools, but also building education around, uh, around everything that is connected because it's not only lack of access to the tool, but it's also lack of the knowledge in how to, uh, have control of your finance. So, uh, we have been like educating yeah. our, our user base. We start talking about the stable coins, right? When they, they, they begin existing, like 
two years ago, um, and we integrated uh, stablecoins, the first stablecoin about a year ago. Uh, and we have seen an incredible growth, especially uh, over the last few months. Uh, we add USDC and it's, uh, um, and it's kind of like a recommended one uh, in, in, in January and it has exploded in, in volume. And this all that is happening uh, with the economy, with, with the pandemic, uh, it, uh, it has made like the volume of the stable coins grow over 20x. Uh, and we are seeing a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of growth. Uh, we are currently at Ripio, we're at, uh, at activity levels of the rally of December 2017 or, or more. Uh, like two, uh, two days ago, we had our highest uh, um, number of concurrent users simultaneously uh, using the wallet. Uh, our main product is a wallet. We had like 2,000 people actively using it at the same time. That's great. Uh, which, <laughs> which is like a challenge when you grow that fast, uh, but, uh, and especially in such a constrained environment. Um, but yes, so it's uh, in active users with 3x this year. Uh, and it's and it's a fast fast moving and and the and the thing is that people is looking for ways to to uh, our use case is is not so much of payment right now people is buying a holding yeah uh, and there is the stored uh, value they they yes. want the power of these digital dollars mm -hmm. and the stored value capability right but but I, I think uh it's a really profound moment in time right in in mm -hmm. in the in the economic development in the world, internet's development in the world, this technological development, they're all, they're all coming together as a, as a kind of catalysts. And, and yes. you know, we're seeing that and you're seeing that. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Do you think um, you know, as people in Argentina start to you know, store and hold these digital dollars, they'll realize that they can use them just like a text message. They can use them just like uh, a piece of content on the internet and of course they're all very comfortable with that and using that with people they know in every country everywhere in the world um, is the next step this growth in the use in international payments uh yes and also um, this is obviously more uh, the younger population is eager and easy to is, is the first adopters like yeah. our user base is 20 to 35 yeah, uh, and all their generation is still like want the physical dollar that they can hold. Uh, it, it has saved them so many times. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's gonna be a little bit more more difficult to older generations to uh, don't don't have the paper on the, on their hands. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but but in younger generations that they are they WhatsApp everywhere. They they are able to contact anyone in the world. Uh, freely and, and and interact freely, uh, it, it just makes sense. Uh, and and I think we're gonna move into a world where everybody's gonna be working together. Like we are forced right now for the situation to be all online, uh, and we are realizing of of the power of that. We can like really make most of the companies work online, yeah. uh, and and it makes sense that we can like just move money uh, as simple and easy. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's also a beautiful revela uh, revolution in, in the sense that this is first being adopted by individuals. Uh, I, we are seeing first the, the individuals to, to be the first ones to, uh, uh, to save money before companies. And it started like using it, uh, it's, it's more retail. 
than funds and corporations. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we like the same like Fabricio mentioned in Brazil, regulations for exporting, for example, are very tight. So it's going to be very difficult for a soy exporter, which is the main production in, in Argentina, to uh, avoid all the regulations that there are around it to be able to um, to export using a stable coins, which will require a, a change in, in the entire framework. Uh, but I think like for someone, that, you know, like a freelancer yeah. that is yeah. doing design on the internet, it's going to be clear, yeah. simple. Uh, like creators, people, software engineers, content yeah. creators, uh, people yeah. who make goods for things like uh, e-commerce marketplaces. These, these, uh, yeah. they'll be very easy for them to want to adopt this. They are already working online remotely from their homes, uh, and it's gonna be just simple and and cheaper, and and it's gonna be adopted from there. And regulators are gonna have to like with everything like laws are always behind the, the yeah. usage of things. Like yeah. uh, people, they start having a new habit, a new way to interact. Yeah. And then regulations follow after understanding uh, the use cases and how people is behaving. Uh, we have always like, from the beginning, we have always in talk with every regulator, educating not only our user base, but also uh, people in, in, in the government. And as, as with everything, there are risks and, and, and good regulations mitigate risks and, and increase the potential of things. Bad regulations destroy the potential and amplify the risks. Uh, so, so if we're able to, uh, to work with regulators and, and, and governments, we can really uh, have a, a lot of potential in this uh, yeah. and really grow our, uh, our online economies. Uh, which right now is are very tied into into the old world. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're you're laying down the the infrastructure for for uh, for Argentina and of course in other markets in Latin America to plug into this new global digital economic system. And and as you said, uh, the young people are figuring it out first uh, smartly, uh, just to to either protect themselves and save value, but of course they're experiencing the utility of this and, and they will lead the way, uh, totally. of course. Um, you know, as you step back and, you, and I know you've been in this industry uh, for a long time um, and have, have a lot of the battle scars, uh, but, yes. um, <laughs> but you know- as but It's you, a very exciting, it's a very yeah, exciting moment. It is an exciting moment. I was just gonna say, you know, um, you know the, the, this is an exciting moment. Um, you know, mature stablecoins enabling things is a is an exciting moment. Where do you see things in two years or three years um, with with the adoption? I, I think we're gonna we, we're gonna see tremendous growth. Uh, we right now have uh, four hundred fifty thousand uh, users, um, mostly in Argentina. Our second country is Brazil. Uh, our main our main product is the wallet. We also have an exchange, OTC, and the rest of the infrastructure services. We are laying down the, as you, you mentioned, the infrastructure for all of these to, to start building the future of, of finance. Uh, and I, I expect like in two, three years, we, we might be in millions of users, maybe five, six million users. Uh, is, I, I think we're in that tipping point. And by 2024, I think we, we will be in that, in that levels. Uh, Right, yeah. and, 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 and to put in, in an order of magnitude, um, 
one of the biggest wallets in, in Argentina is, is Mercado Pago from, from Mercado Libre, the largest e-commerce. They have, uh, eight, the last number I have is eight, uh, 800,000 users. Mm-hmm. So crypto is like in a very big, yeah. uh, in the same order that. of magnitude. Yeah, it should surpass and, and that, right? Because people can get- It surpass that, yes, yeah. very likely. Yeah, that could happen very fast. It'll be fun to watch. Um, well, Sebastian, it's really wonderful to connect, really wonderful to hear the story. I'm really excited about the momentum, of course, and we're watching really closely how, uh, you know, the, this, uh, this technology starts to spread and uh, connect people in Argentina into this economy everywhere and uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing as well. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. So obviously, um, it's really tremendously exciting to start seeing the power of global digital money unfold. Uh, this proliferation of wallets, exchanges, trading firms that support stablecoins like USDC and others, they're laying the foundation uh, for broad scale usage in international payments. And I think we're going to continue to explore this in future episodes. We're going to be talking firsthand to businesses that are building on stablecoins, and we want to show, you know, kind of showcase live the speed and the power that these have to move money and value around the world. So we'll have an exciting episode coming up um, where we get hands-on and really show the power of this for uh, people and businesses around the world. Uh, on a similar note, I'm excited that next week's show, we're going to be talking about stablecoins and global financial inclusion, a topic that we touched on today, a very profound uh, impact on people everywhere who have mobile devices, but don't participate in this global financial system. Stablecoins are creating a way for them to do that for the first time. And we're going to be joined by several guests who are going to speak about the real transformation in people's lives that becomes possible with digital currency proliferation around the world this promise of connecting people everywhere into a more open and inclusive financial system has animated not just our work, but I think the work of many innovators and entrepreneurs in the industry. So we're gonna be excited to continue to dive into that theme uh, next week. So until next week, stay well, stay safe and stay informed. Thank you very much.